Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto. And I am Deb McCollum. And today's guest is a strength and mental coach and also the owner of Aim Strong, and that is Craig Mazeski. How's it going, man? It's going good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good. Did I get the name right? You did. Absolutely. Okay, because you told me about two minutes ago. So if I jack that up that quickly, then it could be a bumpy interview. So I'm good. I'm glad I didn't mess that up. No, you didn't mess that one up. (laughs) I was yeah, kind of so, hoping you would mess up, Josh, but that's okay. Oh no, no, I have I have no doubt because uh, you had a you had a mess up last time we recorded that wasn't aired, but uh, it yep. was a lot of fun for me. So yeah. uh, we won't talk about that now, though. <laughs> so, anyways, man, uh, you know something that Deb did a really good job of last episode with Daniel Thomas was um, I kind of just jumped into the episode, not even thinking about asking how are you doing with all of this coronavirus nonsense. So. Uh, I'm going to try to do better with that like Deb does. So how's everything going, man? Um, I mean, it's got some ups and downs. Um, There's definitely been an adjustment for a lot of things. So, I mean, I think I'm getting the swing of what we're considering a new norm for right now. Um, My training has suffered because I don't have a garage gym like I I wish I did, but uh, I've done what I can with the equipment I was able to pack up and take with me when when everything shut down so yeah it's uh brutal for you guys for sure yeah it's um have you are um are you seeing like are your clients like kind of panicking kind of asking for help like what should i do without a uh, space or um, how's communication going communication's going well actually we um launched a free um shelter at home program is what we called it so all you need to do is sign up for our mailing list and we'll get you into that um so whether you've been a client of ours before or are coming in we're hooking people up with something to do at home um and i've filmed 90 percent of the video instructions in my living room so that was it's been a fun little project of filming and editing videos and getting them out. So people had something to do at home. Nice. Very cool. Awesome. I feel like that's, uh, that's just become the new norm of, of, uh, fitness and fitness professionals and trainers. Uh, we're getting a look at their homes these days, their homes in yeah. their garages. We're seeing a lot of those videos for sure. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, so, well, good, man. It sounds like you're, um, it sounds like you have a, a pretty positive attitude when it uh, comes to the whole thing. So that's always, that's always cool to hear. I know it's uh, awesome for our audience to hear too. I think any positivity we can find in these moments is a, is a good thing for sure. So um, anyways, Deb, you have some warm up questions? I do. Okay. I have three questions that I ask and it's just, they're supposed to be fun, but the last one's kind of hard. You ready? Yes. Okay. Um, if you could pick a game show to go on, what would it be? Uh, uh, double Dare. Old oh, school. Nice. Old school. Yeah, the, the Nickelodeon one. Yes. Very good. That's a good choice. Yeah. That was a quick choice, too. He, like, knew. He was ready for that. I, I don't know why. I just It just came right out. So there was no – as soon as you said game show to go on, it was just – yep, that would have been it way back in the day. So I think it still is. Who was, who was the host of that one? 
Oh, I couldn't tell you at all. It wasn't it wasn't Summer Sanders, was it? She did one of those shows. Hmm. I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. It was such a long time ago. Yeah, that would have been an extra credit credit question if you Yeah. That's right though. No bonus points. (laughs) You know, a cool one would be uh uh Legends of the Hidden Temple too. Yep, that that was another cool one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, I know for a fact I wouldn't have made it out of that maze. Because some of that stuff is like, I know I'm not smart enough to figure out this puzzle, and I'm not fast enough to get away from those uh, those warriors that chase you down. So <laughs> I, I prefer to watch from the comfort of my own couch. Yeah. So that was a good cool. one. That was, that's a good that's, answer. Yeah, that question was meant for you. Okay, so speaking of game shows, I have the same themed question on this one. If you were chosen to go on Amazing Race, who would be your race partner? I like asking that question too our strength and conditioning coaches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would have to say my girlfriend, Corinne. Um, nice. She has nice. an amazing sense of direction and an amazing way to find her way around just about any place. So That's sweet. <laughs> nice. That's a good, good choice. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, it's funny is I feel like everybody that answers that question, the partner they choose is always really good with the directions. It's just, it's just a, co- a common thing. It's I am a- I am not good for the direction. So in that kind of a thing, I am purely the muscle. And if we got to carry something or move something, I'm there. But there you yeah. go. tell me where to go. I can get there. But I don't know how to get there. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a smart choice then. Right. Good one. All right. You're two for two. So your last question, if you've mm. listened to our podcast before and listened to the warm-up questions, I have a signature warm-up question I ask everybody because I like to torture people. But if you could pick a song out there that's already out there in the world that is, I, I would call it your life song. So what would be like your theme life song? I'm not going to lie, I cheated because I have mm-hmm. listened to the podcast. And Man, we got some I cheaters am, last episode. That's all right, though. We appreciate the honesty. I am not as much of a music person um, as like in the sense of I remember songs and I remember artists. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to be completely stumped. Um, by this one um but i would say it's uh never settle by rob bailey and the hustle standard oh okay um little unknown small indie band but they're they're do a little mix between rap and heavy rock so kind of cool message behind the song too i just really enjoy it right now awesome cool cool okay good we appreciate the honesty yeah, no, it's not cheating. That's what you're supposed to do. Like you prepared. Now I'm yeah. starting to figure that out, so that's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, for a coach, that's just called preparation. It's game planning. So it's all good. Exactly. Yeah. So cool, man. Well, you survived the warm-up questions. Well done. So now we now we jump into the uh, the stuff about you. So um, as we always do, we ask, what's your athletic and coaching background? Um, well, I'll start with athletic background. Um, I grew up in the YMCA on the East Coast in Massachusetts and New York. Um, so I played every sport under the sun through the YMCA. Um, everything from basketball, obvious indoor sport, to baseball, soccer, uh, lacrosse a little bit. Um, big into racquetball in the winter growing up in the Northeast, kind of had to do something when it snowed. Um, after that, um, when I reached high school, I played baseball and soccer through high school. Um, and I played for a couple of years uh, baseball in college, um, a Division three school, um, Springfield College out east, where I got my 
undergrad degree in exercise science. Um, I guess that's what kind of led me into my coaching career was that I got a degree in exercise science um, and I started coaching shortly after college in the strength conditioning world. Um, worked at any uh, countless numbers of universities, it seems like. Um, most recently and probably most notable would be uh, Georgetown, Old Miss, and UC Davis. Um, those were the ones I spent the most amount of time at and was there for the significant amount of time. Was, um, I've been coaching some form or another for 10 or 12 years now, I think it is. So um, that has been my coaching career. Cool. Very cool. Where, where did you say you were at, at the YMCA? What town was that? Um, in Massachusetts and in upstate New York, uh, Pittsfield, Mass. That's where, is that where you're like born and raised? That was where I was born. And then uh, we moved to New York when I was about 12. So I, I grew up in upstate New York a little bit too. Yeah. All right. Okay. And then, so is California your favorite? Uh, California is the place that I have spent the most time um, in my adult life. I've lived in okay. California for, wow, almost seven years now. Very, oh, okay. very cool. Nice. Yeah. Very <laughs> nice. Um, so that's, so that's interesting about your sports background and I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but obviously we follow each other on uh, social media and you seem like a pretty big guy. So did like football never crossed your path, huh? Uh, the town I grew up in in Massachusetts, it was a big soccer town. Um, oh. My dad was a huge soccer player. Um, so kind of steered me and my sister that way. Um, and then when we moved to New York, I'd already kind of fallen in love with the game of soccer. Um, I mean, my true passion was baseball, but I like I really enjoyed soccer as well. Um, and let's face it, I was a goalie. I didn't do a whole lot of running around the field. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but I wasn't I wasn't this big when I was in high school. I've gained a little bit of the muscle since I've been training. Um, I do yeah. compete in amateur strongman now. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So I get out and do and do all those events. I try to do one or two a year um, just to set a goal on training and set a timetable on, on hitting those goals and doing things like that. Well, I saw you recently, maybe it wasn't recent, I can't remember, but you did some exercise at the gym where you were holding the barbell from one end and then lifting it up to where it's like pointing towards the ceiling. That was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I can't remember. That was a challenge floating around the fitness world. I can't remember what it was called now. Um, but yeah, one of the, one of the guys I train with, um, brought it to my attention and, so sure, let's try to do it. <laughs> yeah, wow. that, was, that was pretty crazy. I'm like, what's he doing? I'm like, oh, that's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> is yeah, that yeah. gonna be is that gonna be our next Friday Friday challenge, Josh? <laughs> yeah, you know it could be. My only concern is if people do have barbells at their home, uh, <laughs> it's gonna like slam through someone's kitchen window or something crazy like that. <laughs> so that being said, if you guys want to try it, go for it. Just not <laughs> at my, not at my house. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, so that's interesting. So how, at what point did you get into the strongman competitions? Um, after college, I was uh, kind of kicking around in some adult baseball leagues and I finally hung up the cleats, so to speak, and was like, I need another reason to work out. And hmm. my training became more important to me than playing baseball. Hmm. Um, as a full-time strength coach, I was like, well, let's come up with something that I can do on a weekend instead of having to play a Tuesday night game or something like that and arrange my, try to rearrange my schedule 
with teams that were coming in at the college level to do to be able to do that. So we we I found it with another strength coach and um, kind of fell in love with it. My first contest I did, I took uh, second place um, oh, nice. in in my weight class. Um, I went in having never done most of the actual events other than trying to mock them up in um, in the gym the best I could. Um, and I hung with it, did pretty well. So I fell in love and continued to do it. Very cool. What kind of, what kind of stuff do you do in those competitions? Um, so some of the more, more notable like things that people would recognize is like a, a car deadlift. Um, okay. Uh, the Atlas stones, the big ball, round balls of concrete. Um, that is by far one of my favorite things to do in strongman is, is Atlas stones. Um, and then odd implement pressing. Um, so logs, kegs, axle bars. So a nice two inch thick bar, um, trying to clean and press it overhead. Wow. That's pretty cool. Out of all of those, what's your favorite? Like what is your strength and which one of those do you just absolutely hate? Uh, my favorite is Atlas stones. Um, so nice giant balls of concrete, um, trying to pick it up off the floor and put it on a platform. Nice. Um, and that is a, that is a true love hate relationship too. Um, oh, there are times that if I don't practice them enough, they, they become very difficult to, um, to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's, yeah. what's the, well, how many stones are there? And then what's the weight progression? Um, it, it varies at every contest. Um, oh, really? sometimes you, so they're done a couple of ways. Usually the first, the first way would be like a stone over bar. So they have a bar set up, you lift it up, put it over the bar, they feed it back underneath the bar and give it to you again. So you're going for reps. Oh my um, gosh. Sometimes uh, a stone series is usually five to seven stones. Um, and they go, I mean, the lightest I've done in a contest is like 250 and I've seen them get up to about 400 pounds. What? That's crazy. That is crazy. I wasn't expecting. The, I didn't know you. I didn't know you did all this. So this is a, a very different direction than I expected this podcast to go. <laughs> I have a million questions about this stuff. <laughs> oh, good. That's, that's what makes them fun. Yeah, for sure. So okay. So you said that's so the Atlas Stone is the one that you love and kind of hate. Um, is the Atlas Stone the one that you're like Deb said? Is that the one you're best at as well, or is there one that you're better at? Um, I would say that's probably my best event because there's something about it that just takes whether I've practiced or not, there's, you can do a portion of that with just sure will. You can go in and grip and rip, so to speak. It's, you yeah. can grab it and hold onto it. And if you have the will to hold onto it long enough, to, you're gonna get it to your lap and then you can lift it, put it on the platform. Wow. Nice. Uh, but my, my least favorite would be probably anything overhead. Overhead pressing I'm, is my weakest event. Um, so a clean and jerk essentially, um, but with odd implements. Wow. Got it. Just the fact, man, just the fact that you, sorry, Deb, just the fact that you said something like, uh, yeah, you know, like the lifting up a car as casually as you did is a very strange thing to me. I'm going to be honest with you. You're not deadlifting the whole car. Usually it's, sure. it's on a rack of some kind. You're usually lifting up the back end. Right. Um, you're not lifting the engine off the ground or anything like that. But sure, that it, makes you know, sense. It looks cool. It makes for a cool picture. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I bet. <laughs> a cool video. I bet. Yeah, no, yeah. I, uh, I don't have any pictures like that. I can lift a Hot Wheel. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> that is pretty um, much it. How many of those events have you competed in? Um, honestly, I've, I couldn't tell you. Uh, like I said, I try to do one or two a year. For um, I've probably done them the last 
10 to 12 years I've been competing. Oh, wow. So yeah, 10 years okay. probably. Dang. Do they have any here in Sacramento? Um, yeah, actually a good buddy owns a gym down, down in Sacramento. He puts one on every couple of, every six to eight months. Oh, all right. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. I mean, what kind of, like, I guess what kind of mental prep, cause you're also a mental coach. I don't want to, I don't want to forget that part of it. What kind of mental preparation goes into a competition like that? Um, honestly, it, it's, it's about being able to flip the switch. Um, and and because there's so long in between events. Um, so these things go six, seven, eight hours. Um, and, it's like a track meet. Oh, yeah. And uh, for yeah. seven minutes of competition. Huh. So I'm competing for seven minutes throughout the day, and I'm there for seven or eight hours to do that. Um, so it's being able to turn – turn it on when, when it, the whistle blows, so to speak, and then being able to shut it off and relax and, and not drive myself crazy all day, um, worrying about the results that I can't worry about anymore. So it's, it's that focus on what you can control kind of aspect and, and mental side of things that, because once it's done, it's done. I can't, I can't go back and redo the event. Right, makes sense, makes sense. Wow. So, um, okay. Well, I was going to say, so I've done powerlifting competitions and those are all day events too, but it like you do a lift and then you, and then you have to wait for the next lift is strongman like that too, to where you do one event and then you have to wait for everyone to do that. Yeah. And then you, okay. And then yeah. You and, um, I mean, some of them, they can get going a little bit better. Um, if, if they're set up and the space is right, because, um, once the entire weight class goes, you can start mm -hmm. another event with that weight class while right. other weight classes finish right. up. Okay. Um, unfortunately it tends to be the weight classes that I compete in tend to be going second half of the group anyway. So it's, you sit there and wait, sit there and wait, mm -hmm. sit there and wait. Yeah. And warm up was 30 minutes ago and now I'm okay. I got to go lift this 300 pound object or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. That is that's, insane. I mean, I'm yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, or no, for sure. A lot of mental toughness for sure. Um, how does that, I guess, how does that translate to the athletes that you train and that you, you work with? Cause I imagine like, I imagine there aren't many of them that know people that do that type of thing. So I imagine it kind of adds a unique aspect to relating with athletes, right? Absolutely. Um, I think being still having a competitive drive and still getting out and competing allows me to relate to the athletes I work with. Mm -hmm. um, and is giving them a little bit of a validation for what I'm telling them, whether that be on the mental side or the physical side. Like, okay, he's telling me I need to squat to get stronger. Obviously, the guy's pretty strong. He goes and does this kind of stuff. Or, and he knows what he's talking about. Or the mental side of uh, my background or my, my, most of my focus on my strength conditioning coaching background has been in baseball. So I, there's a lot of relating to sitting around and then having to flip the switch when you step in the box and then, okay, you got punched out on a bad call. I can't let that bother me because now I got to go play defense. Even though I could stand there the whole inning and not touch the ball, I got to be ready for what's, what could come next. So I think that, that, that uh, worrying about the things that are within your control and not letting the things that are out of your control stress you out is, is a huge, there's a huge relationship there with, and I build that with, with a lot of the athletes I work with. That's awesome.
Um, what kind of athletes do you work with that come across your way? Do they vary like all sports? Do you stick specifically with certain sport athletes? Um, my passion of athlete to work with would be baseball, but I've worked with in my career everything from riflery at Old Miss to cheerleading to tennis and um, being out here in California. I got into the aquatics and worked with men's and women's water polo while I was at Davis. So um, I've worked with a lot of different sports that are – some of them I didn't know I had an opportunity to work with. Uh, one of the other cool ones was the sailing team at Georgetown. Um, they, cool. they won a national championship, uh, the year, one of the years I was there. So they were a pretty cool nice. program. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, there's some unique different sports out there that it, it makes for a lot of fun to, to work with and program for it. Cause you got to come up with different ways to challenge them based on what their needs are for that sport. Right. Yeah. Those, those water polo players, um, are monsters. That's a, it's a really, really weird sport. And I don't think I would have ever, like when I was playing baseball in high school, when we started doing our uh, preseason conditioning, it happened on the blacktop near the pool. So you kind of got an idea of what the water polo team did. And it's insane. Like, you know, I don't think I would have had the same respect for water polo that I do now if it wasn't for conditioning right next to their pool. Because some of the stuff I saw them do was wild. Yeah. I, the, one of them described it to me as involuntary drowning while trying to throw a ball on a goal. <laughs> All right. That's probably a good way, that's probably a good way of saying it. Yeah, it's terrifying, but that's good. <laughs> or, yeah. or forced drowning, maybe it was the word they used. Forced drowning while trying to throw a ball on a goal. That makes that's, sense. That I like about that. Yeah. From everything I understand, it's um, it's a perfect uh, summation of, of that sport. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, so when you're when – you're, what, what level do you – do you train or is it all levels? Um, now I work with mostly high school, and middle school age athletes. Um, cool. uh, and then some general population people. Um, but before it was, um, I've worked mostly with college athletes and then a few of the, the kids who are the, the young men and women who turned pro that would come back in their off seasons. I would work with them, um, from time to time. But, um, that was little less uh, frequent than, than sometimes it was, it was always appreciated when they came back to hang out for a little while, but yeah, I loved sure. it if they did it more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what do yeah. you, what do you feel like is a, something that a high school athlete can do both mentally and physically to better prepare themselves? Cause we've, we've talked to other coaches and trainers and, you know, people in those fields and they talk about, they always say there's, there's, it's a, it's a big jump when you go from the high school level to the college level, because there's a different level of commitment, there's a different level of talent at that level. And so it seems like, you know, it would be beneficial for high school athletes to really start prepping themselves and prepping their mind if they're, if they have the ability to jump to that level. So what are some tips that you have for someone who would make that jump? Um, develop time management skills. Um, I oh. think that is the one thing that, I saw at the college level working with the athletes that I worked with is that they missed out on their time management skills, um, which didn't allow them to be present. So being where their feet are, so to speak of, um, okay, I'm at baseball practice or I'm at water polo practice or I'm at football practice. I'm here. I can't let the test I have tomorrow be stressing me out. So if they have that time management skill taken care of um, rolling in to college, then it's a whole lot easier to be present in the moment that and where you're at. 
Um, I think it also helps with their personal lives too. It allows them to be present with their friends when they're hanging out with their friends or when they go home for a weekend or are with their family, they have a chance to be present with their family and not have to be stressing about academics or sports or their social life. If they're managing their time correctly, all of those things tend to take care of themselves. That's great. That's super important, not only for when they're at the college level, but in life. Absolutely. <laughs> when they're adults, so that's a good yeah. skill for them all around to learn. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, it's just, it, it, to me, it was just very glaring with, with freshmen in college that nobody, not a lot of people focus on that in high school and, and learn those skills. Yeah. It's a little thing that can be overlooked. So that's good. Oh, absolutely. Well, so, and so that being said, talking about the skills that you learn as a young athlete, what are, I guess, what skills did you learn at a young age? And then how have those helped you as a business owner, especially during a time like this, when, you know, those difficult times you face when you're training or preparing for your sport? I mean, I can't think of a, a more, uh, more beneficial time than now for those things to start popping up again, you know what I mean? And those things that you learned as an athlete, because of the challenges that are, we're currently facing. So what are some things that you learned as a young athlete that have helped you as a business owner and a trainer? Uh, well, there's a few things. Uh, first is, like I said, time management. I still write out my schedule, um, whether I'm going physically going to work or I'm working from home nowadays. So it's, I sit down, try to do it last thing I do at night before I go to bed for the next day. And then the first thing I review in the morning when I get up. Um, so I'm looking at what I have planned or what I have to get done that day. Um, second, uh, I would say is the consistency, being able to work consistently. Um, I think training that is most important is consistency. You don't get strong overnight. You don't get fast overnight and you don't get be able to run a marathon overnight. You got to be in doing the work every day. So, um, I think that is where I see the most importance um, relativeness to, to my business venture now. Um, and one, of the, uh, one of the guys I follow that's a mental conditioning coach who I kind of looked up to for a long time because I worked with him when I was at Ole Miss is uh, he always said, uh, do a little a lot instead of a lot a little. <laughs> and good. And I, like I, I just look at that. I'm like, okay, read two pages of the book. Do, do 10 minutes of, of writing today uh, on, a, on whatever's next, the blog post or a program or whatever, and then come back to it. If, if you only have focus for a little bit of time, do a little bit. Don't just procrastinate until it has to all get done. That's good. So setting up those micro goals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's good. That's a good one. Um, what is, um, what's your favorite and most challenging part about training middle school and high school athletes? Oh, attention span at times. Um, <laughs> I do work with a few that are clearly there because mom and dad want them out of the house. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. 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 That, that would be my most challenging part. Uh, my favorite part is when a kid who, who gets it and is just switched on to the physical side of it yeah. early. Um, I got a couple of wrestlers I work with right now who are always fun to train. Um, we just did, before all this shutdown, we, we just did a, um, some testing on our squat and our deadlift. Um, and I got a 100 and probably 15 to 20, 125 pound wrestler 
eighth grader that deadlifted 225 or 235 and projected back squat max at 225 and was completely stoked after doing Um, it and like that's that was that made my day and what it was what what i was there for so oh that's awesome that's really cool yeah that's the best part i think about the best part about training people i think is just seeing like you said like their improvement their progress and their faces light up when they get it absolutely Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, I don't know if we asked this question already. How did you start aim strong? Um, did we ask that already? No, we no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, good. It's okay. It was in my head. I was going to ask it eventually. <laughs> okay, good, um, good, good. I've wanted to branch out and do something on my own for a long time. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always been something that has been a passion of mine or not a passion, but something I've wanted to do. Um, and I, I had an opportunity across my plate, um, that kind of helped me develop the concept. Um, didn't end up working out the way I was hoping for, but the concept I still really love of getting people who already know what they're doing in the gym, an affordable program that they get some feedback through and it's all done remotely. Um, so it would be the person who was a former college athlete who did four years of college strength conditioning workout in the right order or the right sequence over the course of a few months. have a parent who kind of knows how to do things, but doesn't, again, doesn't know how to write that program for them. So giving them a sports specific program at an affordable rate as well, I think is, this was, was a huge driver for me. Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. Cool. Do you have a, um, I think, I don't know if we already asked this, but do you have a favorite age group that you, I guess, like to work with better in terms of middle school, high school, college, I guess not favorite, but like what's the most, Y'all yeah, gave me trouble. Uh-oh. I <laughs> um, I, no, I really think they all have their 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 pluses and minuses because um, I've been around enough teams that you're always going to find the person who wants to skip out on stuff, whether you're at yeah. the Division One college level or you're working with the middle school kids. Um, it, you're, there's going to be a person in the group who is going to think they can get away with skipping out on sets or reps or this or that. Um, yeah and go take a 10 minute bathroom break in the middle of lift and come back and just jump right in wherever their lifting group was at. I'm like, they, it's funny how bad college kids think I didn't recognize that. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, where you been? (laughs) 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 Especially, man, you, you, you were a college athlete. So you've seen and been around all the tricks. Absolutely. I mean, that was, and that was my favorite part of the year was we can't practice right now. Cool. I get to train three days a week and go as heavy as I want and not have to worry about being sore tomorrow. And my strength coach was honestly, my strength coach got me my first real coaching job out of, out of, uh, as a strength conditioning coach at Georgetown because he was there as a full-time guy. I was looking for an internship and they had a paid internship opportunity. So he, he brought me in there and, 
was a great mentor for a year and a half before he moved on and, and is still a good friend. So <clears throat> that's awesome. Um, what you just said reminded me, um, we asked, we asked this to almost all of our guests, if we can remember to ask it, but, um, that just, what you said, like he's kind of a mentor. Do you have, we always ask if there's someone who has like inspired you, um, you know, to be a strength and conditioning coach, or just, is there someone in your life that has kind of helped mold and shape, um, I guess your drive to do all of that. Um, you mentioned a mentor just now or like a parent or a teacher or something. Um, I would say two people. Um, one first would be, um, I'm, I'm dyslexic. So I had a, a, a resource teacher all the way through high school for four years who made a profound impact on me. Um, his name is Mr. Sousa. Um, in upstate New York. So he did, he did a great job. And when I finished my master's degree a couple of years ago, I, uh, I sent him an email um, and was actually able to recently grab a, grab a beverage with him um, and hang out um, about a year ago now. And um, when he shook my hand and told me that I was the first student he ever had get a master's degree, um, there were tears in his eyes. And it was, it was, it was a cool moment for me because wow. I didn't do the work for him, but it made me proud that I made him proud. Um, and then the second person would be my mom. Um, my mom is amazing. Um, she's an amazing woman and she has gone from being a lifeguard at the YMCA to now being a CEO um, and worked her way up the chain um, at many different levels along the way. And I, she, scare, she scares me a little bit, but she, she is also somebody that I, I will always look up to and always value her opinion on whatever it is I'm doing. That's, That's awesome. Great. I have to hope this is, hopefully this is not prying. I have to ask cause you're, you're a big, strong guy and you said your, your mom scares you, which my mom still scares <laughs> me. Uh, and I, I love my, love my mom and have that most respect for her, but she still has that look, even at 31 years old, I'm like, Ooh, I messed up. I shouldn't have said what I said. <laughs> uh, so, so what do you, what do you mean by that? That she uh, scares you? Um, mostly at this point that I would let her down. Um, and oh. that I would do something, um, that she didn't feel was the right decision. Um, not necessarily in a, in a, like I would go out and break the law, but just that I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be what she, she thought I was gonna be. That, that, that kind of scares me. And that's, that's the, the loving relationship that I wanna make sure she, I make her proud every day. And same thing with my dad, just, I, I just, and I look up to him as well, but I don't wanna leave him out because he's probably gonna listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> As a smart, as a smart move. Um, but it was just it, it, the way that she has gone about her career um, and in her life, there's something unique that I don't want to let her down for. So I don't, it's not a tangible thing. It's just that, that it's that she has it kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's a, a great thing. I know, um, you know, Kevin Bracey, who's been on this podcast a few times, uh, just had a book come out last year called scared great. And the whole concept is, you know, not allowing your fear to dictate what you do and what you don't do, but allowing it to be the fuel that, get, you know, takes you to another level. And it sounds like that's the kind of fear that you're talking about, where it's like, you know, you have such uh, high admiration and respect for her that you want to make sure that, you know, you, I guess you honor, you honor her by everything that she's done for you by giving your very best and everything that you do. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the perfect way to describe it. That feel of fear of failure almost. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, I feel like that's in all athletes. I'm sure you experienced that when you, you probably see that a lot when you're 
you know, training and coaching young athletes. I think that's just something that's naturally inside of us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What is, I mean, not to, not to, um, I guess, give away your secrets, but what is, uh, what is something you do tell your athletes if there is just like this sense of fear, like, and they don't know what to do with it and they're afraid of this and afraid to fail and afraid to, you know, strike out, whatever. How do you, how do you approach that with getting them to shift their mental thoughts about that? Um, I'm not sure there's one approach. Um, there's going to be, it's going to be a little different for everybody. Um, so uh, this recently came about is we had a, we had a kid coming into the gym. Um, we were on a, a bench press day, um, he's a younger middle school kid. So they're doing some dumbbell bench press and we're getting ready to do kind of a little heavier end set. And, um, he, he and his lifting partner for good friends, like they, they're on the same teams together and he misses a rep and dumbbell smashes him right in the forehead. Oh, Mm. Um, more embarrassed than anything. Kid was perfectly healthy, fine. Nothing really happened. I mean, we've all, if you've lifted long enough, you've been through a similar scenario where something like that has happened, where mm. if you're going, you're pushing yourself, something could go wrong. So, um, his spotter wasn't a hundred percent locked in the, which is, which was a learning experience for everybody in the gym at that moment. All of our kids, we stopped everything and taught them all made sure to go over that. Um, not that we didn't go for it was just one of those things of, wow, this is showing you how valuable and how important it is to be spotting correctly. Um, a week later, same kid comes back to the gym and we're bench pressing again. Um, soon as we get through warm up and a couple of little activation exercises, I just see the face and he's got, tears welling up in the corner of his eyes and he is he is scared to death of what we're, what he is about to go do so i'm like let's go take a walk we go find the office we we sit down for a second i'm like what's going on i wanted him to tell me i knew what was going on but i wanted him to tell me and he's like i'm i'm scared I'm like good like fear is a good thing man like and especially in in a weight room setting you should be afraid and i told him it was okay to be afraid because if you're not afraid, you're something really bad can happen. Because if you're not on your on your edge, on that sitting on the edge of your seat when you're training, it's going to be bad for you. It's it's like when you come across the middle in a football game because kids are receivers, so that was easy. I'm like, if you're not afraid that you're going to get hit really hard, you're not really ready to get hit really hard. So that's and we went out and I'm like, I will spot you today. Like, you don't have to worry about anybody else spotting you. I will spot you today, and I will not let anything happen today. We went through it. I tried to push him a little bit, but didn't push him too far. We got all of our sets. We got all of our reps. I wasn't worried about what was in his hands that day. It was just getting him back on the horse and getting back to, to lifting again and doing that movement. Nice. That's good. Um, That's really good. It, it just, well, and I asked that because, like, just right now in just our world <laughs> – with everything going on, the reason why we're doing a Zoom podcast and you're not face to face with us is because you know we're going through a pandemic. So, um, is there um, advice that you might have for athletes or coaches, even of just how to just mentally deal um, with just all of this, with the pause of sports, the pause of being able to be together as a team, um, the pause of being able to, you know, even for you to get together with you know all your kids and to work out and um, what is something, I guess, that 
you would say to them of just kind of how to stop and breathe and deal with all this? It's a loaded question, I know. But <laughs> um, well, I think you kind of just answered it. And <laughs> when you get overwhelmed is stop and, and breathe. And, and remember that even though we are going through a crisis, it still could be worse. Is that we, we still have, we're still in the United States and have a great healthcare system around us. And we're still in, in this world as, as, as first world society in, in the sense that we have a lot of luxuries and benefits, even though we're not able to go do the things we want to do on a daily basis, we still get to do, have a lot of luxuries and in, in things that are not afforded to other people. Um, right. And, and once that realization of things could be a whole lot worse kind of sets in, take a couple of deep breaths and all right, what can I do to be consistent today? Um, all right, can I go play catch? All right, can I go get some kind of workout in? Um, finding an open field and doing some sprinting, doing some agilities, or just going for a walk. Um, I think all of those things will also turn around that mental mood of being able to be active helps, helps our mood and helps our energies and things like that. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, so kind of on that same on that same note, do you have any, I don't know, like recommendations as far as books, podcasts, um, I don't know, documentaries, any type of resource that an athlete could benefit from during this time? Um, two of, well, one of my favorite and one that I'm reading right now, book wise, um, one of my favorites is make your bed, um, by, uh, Admiral William H. McRaven. Okay. Um, it, it, and it's literally about starting your day by doing an accomplishable task. Um, and, and it sets you up for success and it's a great read. Um, and he, he does a great job spelling out why he thinks it's important. And if you can't do that little task at the beginning or by doing that little task at the beginning of your day, it sets you up for doing everything else in your day a little bit better. Um, if for nothing else, when you go to get to get to bed, your bed is neat and organized and easy to fall asleep in. Yeah. It's good. I like that. Um, and then the other one I'm currently reading um, is how to win friends and influence people. Classic. Um, sure. by Bill Carnegie. Um, just as something I picked up to, to try to be reading while, while during this quarantine of something that's been on the list for ever, because everybody says you should read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's per good. Perfect time for sure. Right. Yeah, those are good. Those are better book choices than what me and what Josh and I try to give when it's just Josh and I talking. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I'll try this book. So thank you. You just added yeah, to <laughs> we do. Yeah, Deb spends all this time trying to push her own books that she wrote and it, yeah. becomes, it becomes very uncomfortable for everybody and we just mm -hmm. kind of have to roll with it. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> let, me you, let me ask you this because this, this is just a, a question that um, I need to know the answer to. What, how much do you bench and how much do you deadlift? Uh, currently, um, deadlift is sitting about 550. Um, okay. bench is sitting mid three someplace. I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, uh, but best ever, um, bench was 405 Jeez. and, um, deadlift wow. was 620. Okay. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. You see Deb's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a squat number? Oh yeah. Uh, 615. Six huh? fifteen, best ever squat. Without gear? Uh, yeah, just in these sleeves and a belt. Oh my god, dang! Huh. All right, all right, Josh, that's your goal. 
Sure. Now I could do that over the course of like 20 days. <laughs> if, we, if we, if we add all of it up, I could definitely do that for sure. That's, like, that's crazy too. Cause that's when like the, the, like the barbell starts bending, right? Yeah. It usually starts bending someplace between 300 and 400, depending on, on the quality of bar. Yeah. I've, I've never experienced that. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that's like, but I've seen it. I've seen it. It's pretty impressive. You never done powerlifting competitions? Um, I've never done a powerlifting meet. I've done one Olympic meet in my lifetime. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, that was, um, I got kind of talked into it on a week's notice and went out and did it. Nice. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. This it's might surprise you. No one's, what's that? It's always good to try new things. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever want to do another Olympic meet ever. Um, yeah. It was too much deep squatting was rough on my knees. Um, that, that front squat, that high bar back squat in, uh, I was a catcher for a long time, so that deep squat did not oh, yeah. love me. I, I love the squat. Don't get me wrong. I think sure. squatting is one of the best things for your knees if done correctly. But yeah. when you take it to the extreme, it's it's not going to be good for anything. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds rough. That yeah, sounds no. rough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no thanks. Josh had to ask you those numbers. <laughs> I did. You know, I, I, I asked those, I asked those things knowing that I'm not going to feel great about myself, but I have to ask, I feel like, I feel like I have to ask those questions for the audience. Everybody wants to know. <laughs> um, have you, have you, have you not, I guess mentored or has anybody not mentored, but have you had any like athletes that you've trained and once their career's over have wanted to get into the power lifting or the, um, like the strongman stuff? Um, I have had, two kind of those situations one I didn't train him as an athlete he when I got to Davis he had finished his senior season uh football the year before he was an offensive lineman um and um was still hanging around doing his master's at Davis as well so he'd come in and train and after about six months of him coming in and training and not really having a direction I just was like dude let's lift together let's do let's do this and then um took him to his first uh strongman contest um in California's Strongest Man. It's down in Huntington Beach. Um, awesome contest. They do it right on the beach. They do a phenomenal show. And I mean, who doesn't want to hang out on the beach all day and lift things up and throw kegs in the sand? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's not a bad, yeah, not um, a bad vacation. And I think he took, uh, I think he was in sixth place um, in the heavyweights um, wow. and going against some guys that ended up getting their pro card. Um, and are not wow. professional strongmen. So yeah, he did. A, he did a pretty good job, and he's still competing. Um, we don't train together anymore. Um, and then there's a, a new kid that I'm, I'm working with at the gym that I work at that is done with his athletic, his traditional athletic career, and has started to train with me because um, uh, he just was looking for some direction and how to train. So yeah. we're going to see what we can get him into contest-wise. I think we might have a if this ever goes away, a Highland Games. Uh, event in mind for him nice. okay that's crazy i have so i have so many questions <laughs> i have so many questions about this uh so okay so obviously like i've you know you see like the like ninja warrior competitions and usually when they give the background of how they trained a lot of these people are setting up like their own home obstacle courses how how do you replicate the atlas ball when you're training um i have two molds um I, oh, you I've, do. Made, I've made my own Atlas stones. Yeah. You just buy quick creep from Home Depot and pour it into the mold and then 
let it sit for a week and break it open and let it sit and harden out of the mold for another week. And now you got an Atlas stone. Wow. That's not what I was expecting. That's awesome. <laughs> this, is, this is such a weird world that I'm not used to. I, I have a million questions. <laughs> He's going to email you later with more questions too. That's by the fine. Way. <laughs> I, I, you never know. I might, I might do that. <laughs> um, um, so I'm, 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 go ahead, Deb. Go ahead. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna keep going on and on with those questions. Yeah, so too many rabbit trails. <laughs> um, well, I just want to ask you. Um, I'm gonna ask him the character question. So this is yeah. you know the character calming podcast. Um, so we always like to ask our um, coaches, strength and conditioning coaches, um, what is character to you, and um, how do you see it translate into um, it, to your kids, like how you train them and, um, you know, the things you have to go through mentally and physically. Um, character to me, uh, this is going to be a broad answer to that because I don't think there's a specific answer of is, is having a moral compass, um, knowing the difference between right and wrong. Now I know that for some people that that definition is going to be slightly different. Um, but as long as it's going to keep you out of trouble, and keep you doing the things that are not wrong as a grand scheme of society's view I, I, is, is where we're at with character um, for me. Um, and I just think it's, it's trying to, as a coach, I'm trying to help each kid see and make that decision for themselves of what they think is right and wrong because I'm not their mom and dad, I'm not gonna influence them that way, but I will give them guidance when I see a chance to give them guidance. Um, and, and making sure they're making, trying to make the right decisions of, and learning from it. Now you were out late and you came into training the next day and you're exhausted and you're tired and it wasn't because you were up studying. It wasn't because you were up doing this. It's like, okay, well, why did your training suck today? Because mm -hmm. you didn't yeah. sleep. You didn't eat well today, whatever, whatever that is. And now it's steer, steering their daily decisions into that, that right direction for me um, to allow them to get the most out of their athletic careers. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Love it. This is a, this is not an important question, but I think Deb asked, um, I think you asked coach Tenor this. And so I thought was, I think it's a good question, especially during this time that we're in, what are you watching on Netflix? <laughs> what am I watching on Netflix? I don't know. I'm, I'm on Hulu right now. So same thing, but, uh, I'm watching okay. shadow hunters. Um, it's, uh, the Freeform network. Um, very sci-fi show. I, I, I do sometimes geek out on sci-fi shows, but um, not a sci-fi geek at the same time. Okay. Uh, like I'm not going to be the <laughs> yeah. first one in line to go see the new Star Wars movie, but I like I'll sit and watch it at the same time. <laughs> sure, that makes sense. I I haven't seen the last couple of Star Wars movies, so I'm clearly I, I, not. I'm a couple behind as well. <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I I know some people that that are uh, huge Star Wars fans, and it it goes very deep. Yeah. They, they talk about Star Wars like I would talk about the Giants uh, lineup or what the li lineup would have been. This oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm wearing my Dodgers hat right now. Why are, we do why are we doing this? <laughs> I, I had no idea. Why I am a Red Sox fan, though, if that helps at all. Yeah, it does. It okay. does. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm a baseball fan first and a, and, a, and a Red Sox fan second. So whenever I go to a stadium, I buy a hat. And a couple of summers ago, I went to – did all three Southern Southern California teams in one trip. So, Oh, cool. Yeah. How many stadiums have you been to? Oh, that's a tough question to answer. A lot of them. Um, that's pretty good. Are you still missing out? Everybody in the Northeast. 
Oh, that makes sense. Um, I have to go back and redo the, the, new, the, new, the new New York stadiums. I've not been to those two since they rebuilt them. Um, done both Chicago stadiums, um, Toronto and, and Montreal before the Expos moved. Nice. Um, and then I've done everybody in California as well. So Dang. Okay. that's pretty yeah. good. I'm missing a lot. I'm trying to, I'm trying to catch up, but oh, I think there was Colorado. I've done Colorado as well. That was the other West coast kind of team. Nice. Just, yeah. There you um, go. Me and my dad have a goal to get to every major league ballpark. So that is, that is on our bucket list and we're slowly working our way through it. That's the, that's the same uh, bucket list item. My wife and I have too. She's a, uh, she's a little bit ahead of me. Um, Cause she's traveled a lot more, but yeah, that's something that, that we definitely want to do. Um, I just love baseball. I miss it so much. Sometimes, sometimes I, I get emotional. I just want to sit here and cry. I miss it that badly. Uh, well, I mean, I'm a Red Sox fan, so I'm not sure how much I would be looking forward to this season. That's so. a good. <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. This is probably a good timing for you guys. Probably even better time. Better timing for the Astros right now too. No one's. No, no we're one's not talking get, about them anymore. Exactly. This is uh, this worked out pretty well for them. No one's getting drilled by a pitch. So, um, yeah. anyways, sorry, I've gone down. Go ahead. Oh, we always go down a rabbit hole. Do you watch any other? Do you watch any other sports? And how are you doing with that? With nothing being on TV right now, pretty much. Um, I don't have cable in my house, so I don't tend to watch a ton of sports um, on TV. Um, having been to so many of them live as a strength coach, especially football and baseball, um, I tend to be more about the experience. And sitting on my couch watching a game is is not an experience for me. Um, <laughs> And and being able to be there and experience the whole the whole scenario is is what I look forward to when it comes to my sports experiences. Um, yeah. But um, I would go sit and watch any sporting event if it's live. Um, I love going to hockey games. Um, not a hockey fan, but I think those the, the athletes on the ice are just on the ice are incredible. Um, those guys move so fast and they're so strong and they're so dynamic and they're so skilled at the same time. So I just, I, I'm in awe. Cool. Yeah. That's insane. I've never been to a hockey game, but I've heard, I've heard, I've heard there. I've only been to a few, um, the a few Bruins games, um, one way back in the day, this is the, uh, early 90s of uh the hartford whalers game hmm. um i don't know they folded a long time ago in the nhl but yeah they used to have a team out in hartford that was fun um but yeah i mean i'd love to get down to san jose i think and see a game at some point i think that would be a cool cool little spot to see a game i heard it's i heard it's fun i've heard um i've heard it's a lot better it's one of those sports that's way way better live than it is on tv they say it doesn't translate well to tv um so one of these days I'm going to make it happen, even though I have no idea. I don't understand the rules. I don't know what's going on. It's easier to understand live because you can see the whole ice all at once. Whereas on TV, you're Makes not sense. seeing, you can't see everything that's going on. So yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. One of these days, once, once everything gets back to normal, I'll have to make that a, it's another bucket list item. So I'll have to make that happen. <laughs> um, We'll call it. We'll call it the post-pandemic item list. <laughs> that's that's a good a good idea. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff like that for people that 
have popped yeah. up in their minds now that they can't do those things. It's like, oh, I wish I, I wish I was, you know, doing this or that that I've never done before. I have a few of those things. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Well, man, we appreciate you coming on and we appreciate you taking the time to uh, hang out and chat with us, especially, you know, considering the situation and with so much on everybody's mind. Um, so as we end all of our shows, uh, we just want to give you the opportunity to have the final thought or say, um, whatever comes to your mind, any advice for coaches, athletes, parents, trainers, strong men out there, strong men and women that might be doing that stuff. Uh, what are, what are your final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, I, I like to say is, it's just consistency. Um, whether it's, you want to get stronger or you want to build a business, um, putting into work consistently over a, an extended period of time is going to be what gets you to what your goals are. Um, none of us were self-made overnight um, in that aspect because the guy who comes out of nowhere only came out of nowhere because you didn't know what he was doing for the last eight to 10 years. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. That's really good. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Thank you so much for um, hopping on zoom and typing in like 10,000 different passwords probably to get on here and, <laughs> and for, um, just chatting with us like this. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where, where can they follow you? Social media, all that stuff. Um, social media is, uh, on Instagram. Um, that's really all that I do is at aim strong underscore. Um, I'd give them my coaching one, but they probably can't spell my last name. So I'm not worried about it. <laughs> and That's then okay. we'll um, tag you. And then our, uh, our, our website would be at aim strong.com. Um, and if anybody wants to go sign up, we got a free shelter at home program for anybody that wants to check it out. Um, awesome. It doesn't cost you anything. All you gotta do is sign up for our emailing list. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, we're going to follow us. Um, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Sports Character, Instagram at Character Combine, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Snapchat was going to come make a comeback soon. So, Nah, yep. I don't think so. I've heard that before, <laughs> like three months ago. That's all right. <laughs> again. I know. Broken awesome. record. Broken thank record. You. Yes, thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Coach. All right, take care. Bye.